the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Milanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Welcome to our show today. Last week, we introduced ourselves. We talked about how brave Christians in history, such as Jesus himself, Paul, and Martin Luther, faced the dangers of both plagues and oppressive governments taking great risks in order to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about the greatest activist of all time, William Wilberforce, whose efforts resulted in abolishing the slave trade all over the British Empire. We recounted the story of Todd Beamer, who bravely took on hijackers to save the lives of many, and whose last words were, Let's roll. Let's roll indeed. Today, we're going to talk about a different topic that's currently facing both individuals and churches. That topic is contact tracing. We're going to go over what it's all about, what's being proposed, and then in the second half, we're going to interview our special guest, Attorney Dean Broyles of the National Center for Law and Policy, and discuss how this bill or proposed bills have potentially ominous aspects to them and what dangers may be presenting. Kathleen, what is contact tracing? Well, as a nurse, I know that legitimate contact tracing is based on the sound concept that an epidemic like Ebola or tuberculosis can be contained in the early stages by quarantining those with the disease and then seeing who they might have been in contact with in order to stop the spread. But this must be done really early in the outbreak of the disease. We are way past that point now with COVID-19. To quote an article on technocracynews.com, every credible expert on contact tracing says that it is effective only up to the point of mass distribution. In the case of COVID-19, the horse has left the barn. So I see a big problem with the late timing, like months late, of this program. But let's look at more of the details. There are two main aspects of this program being proposed or in some cases already implemented. The national bill and the state program here in California called CaliforniaConnect.com. Maybe some of you know people who have been contacted by contact tracers already here in California. If so, we'd like to hear about it. If you'd send us an email at biblicalcitizen at gmail.com, we'd be interested to know your experience. 
But before we talk more about the California program, let's first talk about the national bill. The name of it is H.R. 6666. It was introduced by Bobby Rush, Democrat of Illinois, on May 1st, 2020. It's a rather ominous number for a bill, wouldn't you say, Brian? Well, I've seen on the Internet that some people are saying that. Maybe it has one more six than what we read in Revelations 13. But anyway, what, what does the bill do exactly? Well, it authorizes $100 billion. Congress would allocate this taxpayer money just for 2020 alone. That's the rest of the six months of the year. And what's the $100 billion for? It authorizes the CDC to award grants to eligible entities for testing, contact tracing, monitoring, and quarantining people nationwide. It has very wide latitude. It would be used to hire thousands of employees to call people, text people, send tracers to people's homes to ask them questions about symptoms, where they have gone, who have they been in contact with, and many other questions. Yeah, one thing I've heard about is that contact tracing apps are going to be downloaded to your phone. Well, yes. Uh, And do we really need the government to be using this technology to follow our every move? Some have said it can lead to forced quarantines or even forced vaccinations. So you've already touched on some potential real problems with the bill. One of the things I see is it does not ensure privacy. It's been said that it sets the stage for potential violations of the 4th, 5th, 8th, and 9th Amendments to the Constitution. So why do we need Congress to allocate $100 billion to both track us down and potentially for quarantining if COVID is not overwhelming our health care system and if 99.9% of the people that test positive are either asymptomatic or fully recover? Exactly, especially because it's so late in the game to be doing it and because there are state programs too. So we have the one in Congress, we have state programs like the one in Massachusetts, New York, and other states. But let's talk about the one here in California that's already in effect. Gavin Newsom announced the new program May 22nd in collaboration with the California Department of Public Health, UCSF, UCLA, and multiple private partners. And also, it's it's really interesting that there was already a bill in place that was passed last October in 2019 in the California legislature, AB 262, that states that health officers may take any action the local health officer deems necessary to control the spread of the communicable disease. Well, any action, that seems pretty broad. Well, yes, and I understand that a lot of people opposed it, spoke out against it, but our legislature, with its large Democrat majority, did not listen. Apparently, they listened more to their private partners, including the Skoll Foundation, California Health Foundation, California Endowment, and Twitter, Facebook, and media partners. So now you have the the government partnering with these media partners. That's a little interesting, isn't it? But let's look at what the state program started by Gavin Newsom does. It plans to hire 10,000 workers to call, text, email individuals who test positive for COVID and, and all the people that they may have been exposed to. And once again, the program's called CaliforniaConnect.com. As of May 22nd, 500 workers had already been trained. And if, we, if you want to know exactly what the training involves, you can go to the website on CaliforniaConnect.com or go to Facebook and type in contact tracing is scarier than you imagined. And you will find out from someone who has taken the training exactly what it involves. She goes through it step by step. Uh, we, we've 
heard reports, for instance, there's an article on NPR about what has been happening in Okanagan County, and contact tracers have been trying to contact people. Uh, It's a rural area, and the article said that people were not cooperating. They were objecting to their privacy being invaded. And you did have some other concerns I know you've talked about with the bill. Well, there are three main problems besides this, or in addition, one that it's not justified. We've already touched on that because of the low mortality rate. Then the the tests that they're using to even calculate the mortality rate are not very accurate. And then you do not know what else they are going to do with this information that they gather. So just to touch on the mortality rate again, uh, contact tracing was justified for Ebola because it had a mortality rate of 40 to 90%. So that means half the people that contracted that infection died. And contrast this to COVID who has a, that has a mortality rate estimated and uh, emphasis on estimated because we'll talk about the tests, but it's only, it's less than 1%. It's 0.3% or 0.1%, which is much more similar to the seasonal flu. The tests are not very accurate. So how do they even know? One nurse that I know who's working with rule out COVID patients said, we are working in the dark here because the rapid test can contradict the five-day test. And then which one do you believe? Also, if you don't take the test at the right time in the course of the disease, it may well be inaccurate. And then there's the antibody test as well. And the CDC website now states that a positive test for COVID-19 means that you may have antibodies from an infection with a virus from the same family of viruses called coronaviruses. It's a family of viruses, such as the one that causes the common cold. So how do you know that someone with a headache, fever, and coughing doesn't just have a cold or flu? So then the other major problem is that you do not know what else that they may do with this information that they gather. For that matter, one other thing I have is what about HIPAA? I know in my medical experience, medical device experience, we had to be concerned about HIPAA. It seems like this goes against that. Yes, and HIPAA states that no individual has to disclose to anybody else what their medical condition is. Not only that, but healthcare workers are not allowed to disclose anybody's information about their medical condition to to not people that are authorized by the patient. So we have two contradicting laws, HIPAA and contact tracing. And then people like Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York are saying that they're not going to be able to open up their state until this contact tracing program is fully implemented. Now, is Gavin Newsom of the same mindset? We're not sure, but it seems like it. So it just we just have a few seconds left before the break. Just briefly tell us what the origin of the contact tracing is in this time. The plan for these tracking systems goes back to a group called Partners in Health. It's funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and these two groups go back decades with each other. Chelsea Clinton is on the board. Paul Farmer is its president, that is, Partners in Health. And Bobby Rush, the Democrat from Illinois who sponsored this bill in Congress, the national bill, introduced it after attending the Aspen Institute Conference that was also funded by the Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Democracy Fund. When you do more research into what is who, who or what is controlling a lot of our medical profession, you find that the big foundations, such as the Gates Foundation, have gained a tremendous amount of influence over our healthcare institutions and I, I encourage all listeners to do more research of your own on this important topic so we know more about our healthcare institutions. Thanks, Kathleen. 
So after the break, we're now going to talk with our friend Dean Broyles, constitutional attorney with the National Center for Law and Policy, including how contact tracing may even affect your church. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. In these tumultuous times, are you concerned about the future of freedom? The National Center for Law and Policy is your voice in the courts and culture, advocating for and defending faith, family, and religious freedom. We believe the Church of Jesus Christ is an essential service. Recently, our litigation on behalf of churches, coupled with public policy advocacy, helped pressure Governor Newsom to do the right thing, open churches in California months earlier than was planned. The National Center for Law and Policy is only able to continue to provide free legal representation to increasingly persecuted individuals and organizations because of the prayers and generous financial support of our ministry partners. Please continue to join our team and support our work. Find out more at our website, nclplaw.org, or visit us on Facebook. Studies show 75 to 85% of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. Throughout All Ages Ministry, 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. I'm your host, Brian Milanakis, and I'm here today with attorney Dean Broyles of the National Center for Law and Policy. Hey, Dean, welcome. You're there, I think, right? I'm here. Good morning. So glad to be with you today, Dean. Dean, why don't you tell us a little about the National Center for Law and Policy and all the great work you do for religious liberty? Well, thank you for having me on your show today, Brian. Um, As uh, you probably already said, I'm a constitutional attorney. Um, The National Center for Law and Policy is a small nonprofit corporation uh, based here in uh, San Diego County, North County. And we uh, generally, what I tell people in my elevator speech is we fight for faith, family, and freedom. And uh, the main areas of our work are in the areas of uh, religious liberty and pro-life issues and defending the nuclear family. And uh, we've been doing that type of work actually for about 24 years. I personally have. And then about 12 years ago, we incorporated uh, the nonprofit uh, uh, that is now the National Center for Loan Policy and have been doing a lot of that work, uh, both local and nationally uh, for a while. Um, We handle local cases involving uh, school Bible clubs and uh, employment discrimination and various places uh, in in cases where people are targeted by the government or or persecuted for their faith. And we also um, have worked on a lot of cases that have uh, made their way to the U.S. Supreme Court and file a lot of amicus briefs or friend of the court briefs in key cases at the U.S. Supreme Court. 
The case that most people might know that we were co-counsel on with Alliance Defending Freedom recently was Nestle versus Becerra, where we protected and defended pro-life pregnancy care centers that were targeted by a, by a, a really bad law here in California. Thanks, Dean. And now during this COVID crisis, from what I've observed, you've been working on overdrive to represent churches. Tell us about your lawsuit you recently filed up in Santa Clara County. Yeah, sure. As, as most people know, if they've been uh, watching the news during the COVID crisis, uh, many states um, have uh, shut down churches and subjected them to the gathering ban. And here in California, uh, Governor Newsom was pretty early and aggressive in his uh, stay-at-home orders and gathering bans and put churches on the um, essential list. So that seemed like a good thing that churches were essential. But unfortunately, churches were the only uh, organization or group on the essential list um, in the state that was subject to the gathering ban. So while people could gather endlessly at Costco and marijuana dispensaries and liquor stores and airports and bus stations and train stations, uh, people couldn't gather, even if there were social distancing and following CDC guidelines at churches. And so I was deeply concerned about that, and uh, a number of things happened that ultimately led to the San Jose uh, case that you're referring to. But we, we started by following a case up in Lodi, and that case got national uh, media attention. And uh, then ultimately, we also joined forces with Advocates for Faith and Freedom, and uh, we filed a another lawsuit in the San Jose area on behalf of two churches. One of them is a Calvary Chapel, and one of them is a uh, an evangelical church up there in the San Jose, San Jose uh, area, specifically Santa Clara County, that San Jose, where San Jose is, um, was has been very harsh with their gathering bans. And they not only told churches they couldn't meet at all for a long time, but even after states and ca- the state and county started allowing drive-in services um, a ca- based on cases that were litigated in other states, and one, um, Santa Clara County said no to driving cases. And it wasn't until uh, June 5th that Santa Clara County finally allowed drive-in uh, services, which was a month or two after the state had approved them. Um, but Santa, Santa Clara County started reopening churches, but they did so in a very discriminatory way in early June. They said that churches could meet, but only outdoors and only 25 people maximum. And uh, beyond that, they also uh, required churches uh, exclusively, uh, weddings or churches exclusively, to write down the name and address and contact information for everybody who's participating in the service. So by comparison, for example, restaurants um, had to meet outside initially, also in Santa Clara County, but restaurants had no cap on the number of people uh, as long as they were social distancing. So a, a big restaurant could see several hundred people outside, while churches were only restricted to 25 people. And uh, restaurants and stores and, and no other location where people could gather or start, start gathering in Santa Clara County was subjected to the what we call the contact tracing um, uh, provision. And so um, we believe that, that not only the numerical limits were discriminatory against churches compared to secular organizations, but also the, the contact tracing requirement uh, was discriminatory and unconstitutional. You know, and I'm not, of course, a legal expert like you are, but to me, it seems unfair when we had all these mass protests in the last few weeks pretty much across the country, it seemed unfair to me that churches are required to write everyone's name down, but I have heard medical directors interviewed and they haven't even made any attempt or shown any concern for gathering any names from the thousands of people that were in protest. Doesn't doesn't that also seem a little discriminatory? 
Yeah, you mean they're not gathering the names? Is that what you're referring to? Well, they're not gathering the names during the protests, and of course they didn't all just happen in one day. I mean, to some extent they're still going on. They went on over a period of at least a couple weeks, and I just didn't hear any concern about any of the things that they are so concerned about with other institutions. Yeah, there's certainly a a differential treatment being applied to churches, um, you know, in in, in almost all the shutdown orders. Now, let me just say positively that there were, as of about a month ago, there were up to 15 states that weren't um, treating churches differently and were allowing churches to gather, did deem them essential. And um, before we filed the lawsuit, just you know, for the record, we, we wrote a letter to Gavin Newsom asking him to follow suit. We thought that that was best practices, both uh, culturally and, and politically and legally, but, but more importantly, under the First Amendment, because churches have the right to free exercise of religion, the right to free speech, which includes the protection of religious speech and the right to peaceable assembly. So uh, we believe that these church shutdown orders um, were unconstitutional. Now, certainly churches could decide to shut down if they wanted to, but that should be their option. But uh, back to your specific question, yes. Um, as, as a matter of fact, um, the, the very thing you're talking about was ruled discriminatory in uh, in New York City. Just last week, um, Catholic and uh, Jewish, Catholic churches and Jewish synagogues joined together to sue the governor, uh, Donor Como, and Mayor de Blasio um, because they had a strict shutdown policy for months and months with churches in New York, not allowing them to open, I think, at all. And then... And then uh, when the protest started um, after the George Floyd incident, they were allowing people to gather and congregate and not social distance and mass in the protests. And not only were they allowing that to happen, they were cheerleading it. So, so they went they went from saying and, and doing very harsh things against churches to uh, being very liberal and open and and uh, not non non critical in any way of the protests. And 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 COVID didn't change in the last few weeks. It's simply their what they like to approve and what they like to oppose. And so uh, the federal court struck that the the New York uh, gathering ban is applied to churches down is unconstitutional. And now, thank God, churches, because of those protests, churches can open up in New York. Most churches are required to collect names. Are they required or is there any requirement, at least in Santa Clara County, to supply these names to the government? For example, if one person in the congregation is diagnosed with COVID, are they required to turn over those? names of all the people that visited the church? Yeah, it's my understanding of the order that the purpose for gathering those names is to, if somebody, if a, if a COVID case breaks out in that church, so that they can contract trace and quarantine the people from that congregation and people they've had contact with. So that's the whole purpose of it. It's not just to gather names so that the church has the names. It's to gather names so that the government has the names and can impose um, gathering bans and quarantines on the people who participated. Well, thanks, Dean. There's certainly some things to be aware of. Any other closing comments? Yeah, I would, I would just say, you know, it, it, privacy is really important um, under our system. Um, we just don't let anybody or anyone have confidential private information about ourselves especially our health care. And, and the HIPAA laws and HIPAA rules have been in place for a long time. And as an attorney working in the health care field and personal injury cases in the past, um, I've had to deal with HIPAA laws. And, and they're very strictly enforced and carefully followed. And I just, um, I just think this contract, contact tracing issue, I understand the public health concerns, but there's also significant privacy concerns here 
where people's civil rights um, and privacy rights might be violated. And so I'm very concerned about that move. Thank you so much for taking the time, Dean. It's a pleasure to uh, know you as a friend and as a partner in many fine projects. Thanks, Dean. God bless you. Thanks. I want to conclude, as we always do with our broadcast, with bless your neighbor suggestions for the week, something that you can do. Three things. One, be aware it is your right to to guard your privacy. If you receive calls or notifications from California Connect, depending on how you feel, it is your right not to return calls or not to download the app. Two, take care of yourself with healthy diet, exercise, vitamins, drink lots of water, and of course, you've heard this before, but wash your hands. If you're ill, please stay home. Finally, call your representatives for HR 666. Call your senators and congressmen or call Governor Newsom about California Connect. His number is 916-445-2841. That's 916-445-2841. And of course, be careful how you vote this fall. A great resource is biblicalvoter.com. That's biblicalvoter.com. Blessings to you all until next week when we're going to talk about race relations from the Christian perspective with guest pastor Archie Robinson. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibilities Responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or a sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K Praise. Scripture tells us if you say, I hope all goes well, what good is it unless you do something to help? In other words, if you're a voting age believer trusting God to protect and restore Judeo-Christian values in America, if you don't vote, what good are you doing? Or if you want to see biblical values in government, what good is it unless you do something to help? Fortunately, biblicalvoter.com is a robust website designed to connect you with the best biblical voter resources out there. So you can be God's game changer in this one nation under God. Using biblicalvoter.com, you can register to vote in minutes or access some of the best faith-based voter guides and other resources in America. You can quickly discover which candidates, pending legislation and measures violate or support your biblical values and how. Visit www.biblicalvoter.com right now and prepare yourself and friends to stand for godliness. You're not alone. Click biblicalvoter.com, then pray and obey. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.